Hey, cool dude, can I play too? Uh, uh, it's only a one-player game. Then how come it says second-player score? You're listening to the Second Player Speaks podcast with Nerdpunk's Second Player Score. And we're rolling. All right. So here we are with another episode of Second Player Speaks, the official podcast of Second Player Score. I'm Brian, and we have Kyle and Dan. And as always, like every week, we talk about our three favorite subjects. We talk about a pop punk fan. We talk about something from pop culture. And we talk about and drink beer. So thank you all for joining us this week. And uh, I think the first band, or the band, the first thing we're going to talk about, I'm a little flustered <laughs> because I've, I've been having some technical difficulties here, uh, but I'm, I am now uh, hopefully set to go. So I um, have to kind of settle down, take a deep breath. Uh, okay. All right. All right. Everything's cool. I'm, I'm here. I'm back. Okay. All so, good, man. Yeah, all good. <laughs> so the, uh, the band that we're going to talk about this week is uh, from Seattle. And I love their name. They are called Heck Yes, <laughs> which uh, I know there's a band called Hell Yeah, which is like a it's like a metal super group. So this is kind of maybe the antithesis of uh, of Hell Yeah is, is Heck Yes, a pop punk band from Seattle. <laughs> and um, before we start, I want to say one thing about these guys that I first noticed right off the bat was that um, like every week when we've been having these bands, like every every so often we have a band that has like a, a long, funny song title. And you know, we, you know, mm. we, always, we always talk about it. We always make a point to note that. And you know, it's, you know, it's kind of cool when, they do, when bands do that. But usually it's been like, you know, like one or two songs out of their whole list. Um, so I think these guys are probably the uh, logical uh, culmination or the logical end point to that road that we've been on because every one of their songs is long and funny. <laughs> song titles <laughs> is long and <laughs> yeah. funny. Like, um, uh, What's your favorite one? Uh, I, I like uh, Ron Silver was the bad guy in Time Cop. <laughs> he was, man. The senator was the bad guy. <laughs> or, or Jesus gave up his weekend for your sins. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, so yeah, funny. Yeah. Um, I hear that condescending at, church lady being like, Jesus gave up his weekend for your <laughs> sins. You know? I know. <laughs> and uh, like, yeah, so like the shortest, um, I, I think the shortest song titles that they have are like new boot goofing or uh, pining for the fjords and there's it's still funny though <laughs> so yeah. I, yeah, I love it um Cirque and so uh yes yeah, do so long and i think uh as long as their song titles are their songs uh, themselves are short like every song is under two minutes long i think the only one song they have one song that's uh, like two and a half minutes and that's the longest one in their catalog um, they only have seven songs. I think they have a single that just came out in 2020 and an EP that came out in 2018. But um, yeah, I mean, I think they're off to a good start. They have a good, fun, kind of throwback, kind of classic punk sound. And uh, are, are these guys another uh, referral from Kids on Fire? Yes. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, nice. I, I, I've, I feel- I, I've had them on the show once. I think I played uh, Pining for the Fjords. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> cool, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of figured they were a referral since they're uh, another Seattle band. But uh, yeah, so good, good, uh, another good, solid choice here this week. 
Yeah, I was uh, I I was only disappointed that there wasn't more of them. Uh, you know, I mean, I I think they're probably relatively new, uh, so they haven't had that much time to get uh, material out. But I mean, what they do have is absolutely fantastic. And uh, honestly, just kind of surprised that uh, they don't have uh, more listeners than they do. You know, I stuff like this. I mean, it's really good. You, it's and it's it's catchy. And uh, I mean, like at first listen, man, I picked right up on it. So uh, I think as more people are exposed to heck yes, uh, they're definitely going to grow in their listenership. I I feel. Yeah. Yep. Heck yeah, they will. <laughs> I see I what noticing, you did there. Yeah, I was noticing too. Like scrolling through their um, Instagram stuff, they've gigged with bands that we featured here a lot. Like like Four Lights, um, the Bomb Pops they played with, Kids on Fire, Boston Aka. They're all in that same tight community. So it's like, yeah, no wonder they're right up the same alley that we've been like showing recently. Is like it's still really good Seattle-based pop punk music that they they're not afraid to rock those four chords like what we're doing in 4D. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's refreshing, man. It's like a like a love letter to the Dookie album. Yeah, yeah, totally. I can I can hear that. But uh, yeah, so um, I don't know. <laughs> I want I want I really want to read more of these song titles just because it's uh, it's they're they're fun to say. Like uh, everything's gone cocoa for cuckoo poops. I guess <laughs> for cuckoo poops. Yep, cuckoo poops. Uh, and uh, comrade two. Colon, Comrader, colon, the legend of Comrades Cole. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that was the first track I listened to and hearing that 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 raspy like throwback to that that yeah, the raspy vocal kind of stuff. I'm like, man, like this I, I'm still trying to wrap my head around the song title, then the song was done. I'm like, oh, yeah. oh damn. <laughs> you know, I had to like I played it twice just to get a full grasp of it. Is that a reference to anything? Do you know? You know, I don't know. I don't know. Not that I know of. I'm sure we could Google it and figure it out. But, but uh, yeah, I feel like many of their things are references towards something. I'd uh, like to Google it. Yeah, because... I, I, I feel that the yeah the comrade two comrader is is probably some like deep deep, uh, you know, what is a like a a deep deep reference. Yeah, they, do, they call they do it a lot deep, of nineties. Yeah. It's a deep cut. It's a deep cut. So, so yeah, I I do I do like the way that they have uh, kind of incorporated that. Kind of kind of gives them a little a little adds in a sprinkling of nerdiness to uh, what they do. Which of course you know with us that's that's always a, a step in the right direction. Indeed, um, I'm googling <laughs> it. I'm googling it because I figured we might as well Google things while we, you know, while we're still stuck doing things on Skype. Uh, because once we get back together again in the garage, we won't have that luxury. Well, Dan can look stuff up on his phone, but oh. um, <laughs> I don't find anything that it refers to other than their own song. So maybe this is just an original creation of theirs. Which maybe is, I don't which know. Is I cool guess too. I guess. Uh, uh, heck yes! If if you listen into the podcast, please. Contact us. We want to know what is the story behind the title of your Comrade 2. Comrader. <laughs> yeah, what's the origin of story? Comrades <laughs> Gold. What, what does this uh, mean? I love but, it. Uh, yeah, yeah, good stuff. And, you know, very, very catchy songs, you know, catchy choruses. And, uh, yeah, just a good, good fun time. So, 
I, I enjoyed, and yeah, I enjoyed listening to these guys. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, we got to give a big uh, thumbs up to uh, to Johnny Larson from Kids on Fire, man. He he gives me some good uh, good references, like without a doubt. Yeah, definitely. Are there, are there more? Are there more Seattle? Bands? Yeah, I've got. Uh, I I think I have at least two more that he mentioned to me that I just haven't gotten into yet. Um, I meant to last week and and just I kind of ran out of time uh, to be looking up new bands, but uh, hopefully this week I'll be more on top of it and because uh, I'd like to check out these other bands. But it, it I, I guess. It, it's surprising to me because I, I never really saw um, Seattle as being a wealth of pop punk. Um, you know, I, I always, because of course, you know, my, my knowledge of Seattle is grunge and, and I know that uh, they probably have like, you know, serious um, uh, metal bands there and, and that kind of stuff, but I never really thought of a, it as being a pop punk town. But uh, as as I ask other bands, uh, we start getting more and more. And and I, I think they don't. There's only a few bands that are like seriously pop punk. And then you have other ones like Heck Yes is kind of on the fringe. Um, like Four Lights, they're kind of they're pop punk, but not a hundred percent. You know, they're kind of on the fringe too uh, of a couple of different like genres and. Uh, so uh, I don't know that you get like you know your Green Day type pop punk or Blink One Eighty Two, but uh, uh, everything seems to fit just fine. And and uh, so I'm looking forward to some of the other ones, and then <laughs> and then maybe I'll hit those bands up and see if they have any suggestions as well. <laughs> yeah, we'll keep there them going, go. man. They're all good. I know. I, I I'm never. It never ceases to amaze me. And just when I think we've tapped all the. Uh, all the uh, pop punk bands in the general area, we end up finding some more that pop up and, and, uh, and they're all good. I mean, it's like, it's not like I get a bunch of duds. I mean, and, and I just get a few good ones. I mean, like almost every single one of them that's ever been referred to me, I was like, man, this is perfect. Let's get them on the show. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, there's, there's definitely no, no lack of talent out there for sure. So lots of, lots of good bands, a lot mm-hmm. of, uh, Talented musicians making good music. So, okay. So that is, uh, heck yes, from Seattle. <laughs> and, uh, okay. So moving on to the uh, pop culture section of the show. Uh, something a little different. Um, we, we have talked about sports on the show before. We've, uh, we've done a Seattle episode where we talked about, um, I think we touched on like the Mariners. And we even touched on like some old Seahawks football with the boss and all that kind of stuff. And uh, <laughs> we, we did have an episode where we actually, where we went kind of more in depth into the Mariners because I'm a, I'm a sports fan. Um, and uh, you know, a couple of my favorite teams are, uh, you know, Seattle based, you know, Seahawks for football, Mariners for baseball. And since we have the Super Bowl coming up on Sunday, we figured we'd, uh, we'd devote an episode of segment to uh, professional football, NFL football. So, because uh, we we actually had we actually talked about it um, last week when we you know we finished recording the episode and we got offline, and then we started talking about we started getting to this whole conversation about the um, you know about Tom Brady and the Super Bowl and uh, the Seahawks and everything. So, um, and then I think we kind of went down a rabbit hole there a little bit, like right with like, like Kyle, you were talking about the uh, the Forty ers and Joe Montana and everything. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was my uh, that was my whole thing uh, when I was little. You know, uh, Joe Montana, man. He he brought the 49ers their first Super Bowl, and that was when that whole thing like became a big deal for me. I think I think the only Super Bowl I had seen prior to that. Uh, was, uh, I believe the year before it was, uh, the Raiders and the Eagles, I think Jim Plunkett took, uh, the Raiders to the, to the Super Bowl and, and, and won. And, uh, wasn't even that, that was a Joe Mad or John Madden. Wasn't he, he was the coach at the time, wasn't he? I I believe so. Yeah. I think those are the days of Madden. That guy was nuts. Uh, (laughs) but, uh, yeah. So, but yeah, so the next year, and you know, I always remember uh, my dad, he used to always talk so much shit about uh, the 49ers, but they were his favorite team. I mean, he loved them. And, uh, but he was just, you know, he never expected anything. They were always in the cellar. And uh, so all of a sudden, here it is, like what I was like 1980 or something. And here's uh, the 49ers are in the Super Bowl. And he can't even believe it. He was like, he's like beside himself. And I think they were playing the, was it the Eagles or yeah, it was the Eagles uh, for that game too, wasn't it? I don't know. Uh, I, don't remember. I don't remember. Anyway, <laughs> we uh, can look it up. I, I know that uh, the second time they went, it was I believe it was the Cincinnati Bengals, and uh, the Bengals were supposed to just tear them to pieces, and uh, that never happened. But uh, maybe I don't know. I may be mixing the two up. But anyway. Uh, yeah, I mean, I remember even like they were losing and, you know, I mean, my dad was kind of like, ah, man, yeah, it was good. We made it Super Bowl. Awesome. And here comes Comeback Joe, man. And he brought from the brink, man, and ends up winning the Super Bowl. And uh, I, I, I'm I'm surprised that I never needed any, like, um, work on my ears after that night. Because, uh, <laughs> I mean, my dad was just screaming at the top of his lungs, man. He was so happy. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I was a huge 49ers fan as a kid. Yeah, they actually beat the Bengals uh, twice in two Super Bowls, in 82 and 89. Uh-huh. And then they beat the Dolphins in 85 in between there. Uh, they beat the Broncos in 90 and the Chargers in 95. So they have five, uh, five Super Bowl titles there. So nice. Okay, so, um, I, so 82 was the first one then. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So I'm so. a little off on my years, but... I don't know. It was a long time ago. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> Dan, Dan, did you watch much football growing up? Or? Well, okay. So I wanted to play football in high school, but I was also a Boy Scout. So my dad was like, no, if you join any sports, you're never going to get to the rank of Eagle and blah, blah, blah. So he boycotted any kind of sports in the house. Like, like while all my friends are watching the Super Bowl, like my mom would turn on the Puppy Bowl because she's a dog fan. So I'm like, oh man, like really? So, wait, wait, wait. So not only could you not play, but you could not watch either? Yeah, dude. My dad was kind of a Nazi when it came to sports. Because he's like, wow. oh, if, yeah, it, it kind of sucked. <laughs> so then all my <laughs> friends would be like, oh, did you see that play? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, nope. <laughs> you know? But wow. then like, I, I did get to the rank of Eagle Scout and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, after that, it turned into, oh, if you play sports, you'll just break your finger and all the guitars I bought you were just, now they're useless and you'll never play music again. And I'm like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, dude. I mean, like, okay, fine. So <laughs> I just watch Super Bowls. Like, I just watch games with my friends and stuff. It's like, I don't really follow any other teams, but it's like, 
the right people around like even the smallest tv can be like like the best time of your life like that that's kind of what brought me towards it mm. it's like the game is fun like i still like like play madden all the time and like a uh, one of our favorite party games was that NFL Blitz 2001. You know, just just the whole shit talking and like slamming each other in the face and all that kind of stuff. Like that was a hell of a lot of fun. But I didn't really start to watch football until I moved to Seattle, which there was a the Seahawks were there because in Hawaii there's no real teams. There, there's college stuff, but right, yeah. it was such a mix. There was no real following for anything really there, there was just all the tourists will come like oh no this is the best this is the best fist fight so like, <laughs> so it was more like by proxy actually i think the last super bowls i even watched was with with you guys at as at kyle's house just like laughing at all the the commercials and whatnot and stuff like that but as far as individual teams and things like that now nah, i haven't really followed it it's more like a it's more like a spectator sport for me but it's sure, still a yeah. good time i mean like it's i really look well once the whole thing i didn't this whole pandemic lifts i mean like i need some of those turkey buffalo wraps that kyle keeps cranking out of his kitchen i mean that's one of the highlights of super bowl yeah indeed <laughs> indeed um yeah well my, my history with football is like uh like you said you know in, in hawaii there are no professional teams so um i like i like winning like like i hate losing i don't it's a quote from a uh, Moneyball, which is uh, like, I, I hate losing more than I love winning. And so um, when I, when it came time to kind of like, you know, latch on to a team, um, I guess in Hawaii, they only showed, they, they mostly showed on TV, the Cowboys and the 49ers, because during that time, like those were the most successful teams. And I guess, you know, people in general like to watch winning teams. So um, one of my friends actually was a Cowboys fan. So I kind of just gra- gravitated in that direction so I was actually a, a Cowboys fan for, for the longest time. I even had like a Troy Aikman and Emmett Smith jerseys and everything. And, um, and then after I moved to, uh, you know, Vancouver, then, uh, you know, up here, they only play Seahawks games on TV. So I slowly became kind of, you know, brainwashed in, in that direction. <laughs> and, um, and the Cowboys kind of started to do some weird things, you know, um, they were making some weird decisions. So it was, it was kind of easy transition I kind of liken it almost like to uh, to like a relationship breakup. So not you know, like the Cowboys are now like you know my my ex, and uh, it's funny because when you look at it like that, then um, like my whole relationship with the Cowboys now is kind of like that of a, of an of an ex you know like an ex girlfriend or something because like um, I don't actively root for them to do badly, but like when they when they're having you know some you know drama or situation, you're kind of like. Okay, yeah, I'm kind of glad I'm not involved in that anymore. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that's kind of how I've been, uh, 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 my, how my relationship with the Cowboys evolved. And, uh, you know, so since from, from around 2003, I've been, you know, a pretty diehard Seahawks fan, as you guys know. And, uh, you know, so the, the highlight, of course, was them winning uh, that, that one Super Bowl in, in 2013. Uh, or 2014, or, or 2013, the 2013 season, which culminated in the, the Super Bowl the following year. So, um, and still haven't gotten over the one after that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> which, uh, yeah, I think the less we talk about that one, the better. But, uh, but yeah, um, yeah. In, in fact, um, in, recently, I, I like I, I don't know. I've been having a harder time watching the games because um like i like i said i I hate losing so much 
even if it's just uh, a spectator sport thing that I know is not going to you know, affect my life in any meaningful way. I don't know why. I just, I just get so invested into it. And the Seahawks um, are kind of known for playing like, you know, these close games. Like they're, they're never blown out, but they never blow other people out. They're, they're always sort of like, either, you know, like, you know, they fall behind, they come back. They're, they're always, you know, they're always these close nail biter games. And after a while, it just kind of takes a toll on my, on my blood pressure. <laughs> so like uh, this, this past season like um when they played the rams in, in the playoffs and the rams always always have our number i don't know why so i'm like okay this this can't this can't end well it's like and i was watching every time something bad would happen i would like you know switch away so i think i ended up only watching like a quarter of the game actually because i kept i kept switching away from you know like when the seahawks had a, had you know a third down i'm like okay this is probably not going to end well so i switch so i switch away and i switch back yeah sure enough they punted like oh crap <laughs> so but but i have high hopes for uh next season because uh they they fired their offense coordinator and they did they did what i uh, what i thought was a smart move was to hire the rams one of the rams coaches and promote him to be the new offensive coordinator so um, and we actually stole another, like one of his assistants on top of that. So the Seahawks hired away uh, two Rams coaches to run their offense uh, next season, which I think is a smart idea because the Rams always kick the Seahawks ass. So I'm like, okay, so got to do something to get over that particular hump. So might as well, you know, poach you know, a couple of their guys and uh, you know, have them tell us what the secret is. So I have, uh, I have high hopes for that for next season. So we shall see how it goes, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Is it is it that the Rams have the Seahawks number, or is it that they have Pete Carroll's number? You know um, what I mean? Is, yeah, it, is, is it they just understand Pete Carroll and how he works, uh, or or is it just a Seahawks thing in general? All I know is every time every time uh, the Seahawks are, uh, play the Rams. I, I know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, well, see, the, the thing is, like, even when, um, even when the Rams were bad, like really bad, and they had and they had a different coach, they would still beat the Seahawks. Like, so yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. It's just, it's just something. I don't know what it is, but uh, yeah. like, I think they're the only team that Russell Wilson has a losing record against, and like, no matter who they have as their coach or as their quarterback or whatever. It doesn't. It doesn't seem to matter. I don't know why. But just some. Just something about the Rams, man. Yeah. So. So that's why I think this move was a, was a smart, like you know, to steal a couple of their guys to try to you know to try to help get over that hump. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> cool. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So. Um, so football. We got the. I guess on the Super Bowl, we got the the Chiefs against the against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, Personally, I don't care either way who wins. Although I would kind of like to see, uh, I'm, I'm not a big Tom Brady fan, but I would like to see him win. So then he'll decide to uh, go out on a high note and retire and get the fuck out and give somebody else a goddamn <laughs> chance. I would like to see it because uh, you know, him playing for Tampa Bay, they're in the NFC, the same conference as, as the Seahawks. And any, any more, you know, any obstacles that we can get out of our way, to get back to the Super Bowl, I am all for that. So, if I had to choose one, I would have. I would say, well, yeah, let the Bucks win. That way, he can hopefully decide. Okay, that's it. I'm calling it a career. I'm getting out. Great. I would be all for that. So, 
So how are they going to do the Super Bowl? Is it going to be like an empty stadium like all the other games? Or like, like is there even going to be a halftime show? They're bringing in, actually, uh, they're allowing in like, um, I don't know, 20,000 fans, something like that. Um, or like I think 7,500 of which are going to be uh, vaccinated healthcare workers that they're, I, I think, giving free oh. tickets to or something like that. Yeah. Um, so, oh, yeah, I, cool. I, I think. I think they're giving them, you know, I think they're giving them free tickets or something like that. So, uh, so yeah, so there's, there's going to be a somewhat of a crowd. I, I know there's supposed to be something for halftime. I'm not exactly sure how they're going to do that. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, so there'll be, there'll be some sort of a crowd there and oh, and, th- and this is the first year that they're actually, um, like, uh, Tampa Bay, it, the Super Bowl is in Tampa Bay's home stadium. They're, they're the first team to uh, host a Super Bowl uh, purely by coincidence because they always pick, you know, they picked the stadium beforehand and just by coincidence, they, they got, you know, they got in and they'll be hosting it. So uh, we'll see how that goes. And the chiefs are pretty damn good. So with that Mahomes guy, but uh, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, I think I'll be watching or maybe not because I think we're going to be actually doing a show and a, interview next week right or something so uh yeah yeah so uh, well we'll see well we'll see probably get goes. to see part of it at least yeah all right so yeah unless you guys have anything to add that's uh that's our football talk <laughs> yeah well yeah what, what goes better with football than beer true and i think you have <laughs> the beer this week i do have the beer this week and and that's it's uh from probably one of my favorite breweries and uh, i i've been Looking for this, and who knows, maybe it's been around and I, and I just didn't see it. Uh, but uh, I happened to find over at Wincode the other day some Fort George City of Dreams Pale Ale. And it mm. is fantastic. I had this a few years ago, and uh, I just don't normally see it around. And so when I saw it, man, I scooped it right up. And uh, it is absolutely delicious. It has got some of the best hop flavor. Uh, I don't know. It's just in general. It is just such a good beer. And it's uh, like 5.5%. So uh, it's just on the edge of uh, sessionable still, uh, which I also like. But uh, it is, uh, I don't know. It's so good. And it's kind of like one of the, it's like a hazy pale ale. So, but uh, it is delicious what is it called again yeah uh city of dreams Ooh. yeah it is so good um fort george is just ridiculously good i think they're out of uh, astoria and uh they have just ridiculously good beer i have never had anything that did not absolutely exceed expectation from them nice. so i have to pick up some uh, more of that it's definitely somewhere where i want to uh uh, like go visit when uh, like stuff lifts. Uh, I've definitely wanted to go and and be like on site because I think they have like a little restaurant and stuff uh, on site at the brewery and whatnot. So yeah, I definitely want to go there. But yeah, City of Dreams from Fort George. It is great. I I don't typically do pale ales because of course I like IPAs because they got a little more punch. But uh, this is definitely not lacking at all. And uh, uh, do you guys know uh, how there came to be an India Pale Ale? Hmm. How they like, like the birth of IPAs in general? Yeah. 
No, actually, I don't think so. Wasn't that when they were transporting it to... Okay, go ahead. Yeah, you're pretty much correct. Yeah. So it was... It was... uh, It was pale ale. Uh, and then there was the um, English occupation of India, uh, and they would send beer to the troops. Well, one of the one of the breweries, uh, the brewer had forgotten that he had already hopped the beer, and so he hopped it again, not realizing. And uh, they sent this stuff over. Well, the first thing they realized was that so much of the beer was still good. It was it hadn't gone bad. Because, you know, temperatures are so hot in India that, like, uh, uh, and they didn't, you know, refrigeration wasn't a huge thing at that time. So, uh, beer would go bad. Um, and when they got this this other beer, like, it was all still good. Like, none of it had turned yet. And uh, all the uh, soldiers loved it because it had all this, like, like, super, it was super bitter, more flavorful and everything. And so, when they would come back to... Um, England, after they had been in India, they would always go to the bar. They'd say, hey, give, give me some of that India pale ale. And that's uh, how we have IPAs. So, uh, once again, a mistake becoming a, uh, uh, a, a new thing. Huh. Love- so, so that's a double hop, right? So, like, Basically. What's the yeah. most you could hop something before it's just like licking a tire bitter? Uh, well, remember now we've had this conversation, uh, you, it depends on the cohumulone. Oh, that, yeah. Because (laughs) my favorite beer word. (laughs) So, uh, uh, alpha acid is what determines the bitterness, but, um, it's the cohumulone and the more of it, it Mm. gives you that real, like, like bitterness because, um, you know, uh, magnum hops are a great bittering hop. Uh, but they're not very offensive at all. You can get like a really, really bitter beer and still just like drink it no problem. Uh, but you can get something with the high cohumulone count and use half as much of it, and you're just like, oh god, you know, <laughs> it's too much. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so that, that's actually when you when you think of like uh, bitterness as being something that it gets to the point of being offensive. It's actually the cohumulone more than the um, the bitterness or the the IBUs um, because there are some beers that are like IBUs of like up to eighty, and uh, depending on what has been used, I've seen or tasted beers that were like forty, fifty IBUs and and were far more offensive than like the one that was eighty. Just depends on how it's used. Gotcha. This beer that you're drinking, I'm looking it up, has uh, hops that I've never heard of before. Um, Azaka and Huel Melon. <laughs> what is a yeah, Huel I, Melon hop? I, I have no idea. I've never heard of those either. Maybe that's why it tastes so good. They're kind of yeah. those like fruitier hybrids. But that's the thing to do now is, is uh, you know, all these places, uh, they, they hybrid these hops. And uh, you get all these like crazy variations and and uh i don't know like not every one of them is good but so many of them they just produce such great flavors um but what's what's best is when you get a place like fort george that really knows how to like put them together and how to use them because i mean that's 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 an art in itself is knowing like when to add these hops during the boil should they be late edition should they be 
a full boil? Should they just be dry hopped? I mean, there's so many ways to mix those up together to get different flavor combinations and, and to get the, the, I mean, you can make, you can get the same hop and depending on the way you use it, have two different flavors. Um, I think there's one, um, can't remember the name of it. It starts with an S, but, um, maybe I think it's Simcoe hops. And, Mm. uh, depending on the way you use it, you can either get a tangerine flavor or a garlic flavor. Oh, wow. Uh, This out of the same (laughs) hop, out of the same hop. Interesting. Yeah. It's really weird. So. Unfortunately, Ooh. I always got the garlic flavor trying to get the tangerine flavor, so I never <laughs> did I never did learn how to use Simcoe very well. But, uh, but a garlic beer sounds pretty good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, at least not the way I was trying to do it. All right. Well, anyway, so that is a City of Dreams uh, Pale Ale from Fort George. And believe it or not, we are at the end of another episode of Second Player Speaks. So uh, go check out uh, Heck Yes pop-punk band from Seattle. I guess watch the Super Bowl on Sunday um, and drink City of Dreams for Fort George. We are a second player score of the band, of uh, the pop-punk band, and we actually have a, a new EP coming out on Thursday, February 4th. It's a 4D, as in the fourth dimension, Pullman, the winter suite. See, we can do the long name thing, too. So uh, <laughs> it has... Four songs that uh, eventually, when combined with the uh, the three other EPs that we'll hopefully, you know, we'll be getting around to whenever this pandemic shit is over, uh, there'll be the autumn suite, the summer suite, and the spring suite. Put it all together, and it'll be 4D, the, the full-length 16-song album. So uh, we actually have a, uh, like a virtual launch party for the EP on Thursday evening. Uh, Kyle, do you have the details for that? Uh, it will be starting up at 5 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time, and you can go to Punky's Mixtape on Twitch and check it all out. Uh, we'll be playing the songs throughout the episode, as well as uh, talking about the album and maybe you know some details about each one of the tracks, seeing as that this is a concept album. And, uh, and then uh, also, of course, they'll have the little chat box there, so if any of the viewers, listeners want to uh, ans- uh, ask some questions, uh, we'll be able to answer them right there on the spot. Cool. All right. So, yeah. So, Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, uh, go to twitch.tv and look up Punky's Mixtape. We will be there for about half an hour, I believe, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Sounds good. So, hopefully, we will see you all there. If not, uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll just and we'll see you next week. So, thank you very much. Later. See ya. Peace out. You've been listening to the Second Player Speaks podcast with Second Player Score.